What is going on, folks? Welcome to the first official episode of the Saints and Sinners podcast. What is going on, everybody? This is Alec uh, and my co-host, Jeremy. We both work for the Canastro Chronicles. Um, and just to be quite simple, we wanted to put our own Saints podcast. You know, the Saints podcast community has grown so much. I feel like in the last... Uh, two to three years, you know, you have so many people, uh, you know, Adam Ryan for the No Music, No Intro podcast, they do great work, Ross Jackson over at the Locked On Saints podcast, uh, Deuce, There's so many people have put out great content for the Saints, and now we're just trying to do the same thing, we love this team, despite, <laughs> despite <laughs> the things this team does to us, Yeah, we ride, we ride, we ride, so, uh, you know, we just wanted to come out every week talk about the Saints, how we feel about it, get our input, maybe occasionally get some people on, but nonetheless, Jeremy, I'm excited to be here with you doing this, man. I know we talked about this for a minute, um, and now it's happening, so. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. I mean, it's good to just kind of get my opinions out of my system, because this team makes you have some opinions, let's put it that way. And uh, uh, no opinions were 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 more strongly worded after uh, this this the Saints game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bengals went on to win thirty to twenty six uh, with a last minute touchdown from Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase, sixty yards. Um, after bizarrely enough, a game that the Saints we felt you know were in control most of the game, and in particular the second half, this team ran the ball very well. Uh, you know, and you know, despite going one and five in the red zone, they kicked uh, four field goals, which you know ultimately uh, put points on the board. And we thought, you know, this defense at the end was going to do enough to seal the deal. <laughs> that was not not the case, evidently. Uh, just, uh, what is going on with the defense? I, I mean, you've gone against Seattle and Atlanta. And you almost gave up four. Well, you gave up what thirty-two to Seattle, and then Atlanta. You got cooked the whole first three quarters, and then finally started coming back at the end. I mean, Minnesota too. On paper, this defense should be significantly better than it has been. I just you can't rely on an offense with three receivers, oh, four receivers, excuse me, missing. Your starting quarterback missing, and the offensive line really. It's been fine as of late, but it really struggled to start. You can't rely on that. I mean, if you put up 26 with the offense we have, you should be winning the game. I don't know. I don't, 228 rushing yards? I mean, come on. <laughs> That's right. Any game, you, if you're putting up that many rushing yards, you should be controlling the clock, and they didn't. They had 32 minutes of possession, which is six minutes more than the Bengals, which is not really that much more when you're running that much, so... I don't know. It's a weird scenario. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, man. And I think, you know, in particular, <clears throat> um, the Saints, you know, only four penalties in this game. And we knew, you know, going into this game, they were the most penalized team in the NFL. And penalties were killing this team and killing drives at that. Yeah. But this is a game where you saw them, uh, I mean, shoot, they averaged almost seven yards a carry. Uh, you know, really the second half, the Bengals only had I want to say three possessions. Yeah, it wasn't many. And all three of them ended in points. Two touchdowns and a field goal. Yep. Um, and I just got to think, when your offense is out there killing clock, and again, with the situation given, you know, no Mike Thomas, as you mentioned, no Landry, no Olave, no Hardy. Um, 
they went and put up points that kept drives going, and ultimately I feel like it was on this defense, which we've 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 said we put on this pedestal, like this yeah. is the top three defense of the NFL. Um, you know, we have so much talent on this roster. Well, you know, we're we're so stacked, we're so stacked in the secondary. Yep. Um, and ultimately this defense failed. Um, yeah, the the I mean, Bengals kind of had their way. I don't know. I mean, obviously you're missing Lattimore. That that's you know yeah. where you missed the biggest this game. You had Chase go for I don't even remember how many yards. 120 something, 126 I think. 132. 132. My yeah. And if, I, I'm not saying Lattimore is just going to completely shut Chase off the board. You know, non-existent. But he's not going to let him get those that we at the bare minimum that 60 yard touchdown at the end. That's not going to happen. That's a tackle. That's a wrap. Up. The, it's a tackle yeah. or it's an incompletion. And I just, man, you cannot let a team do that to you. That yep. I mean, excuse my language. You got bitched at the end. Yep. <laughs> I mean, there's no better way to put it than that. I. I when you're running the ball that well, and when, frankly, you pass the ball pretty well all game, I mean, you had 171 yards, that's fine for what you have on the field right there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you lose that game. I mean, your defense just collapsed. It's it's inexcusable. I mean, you're supposed to be one of the best defenses in football. I mean, you held Tom Brady nine or zero points last year, um, and you shut him out for the first time in I don't remember how long, decade anyway. Mm-hmm. And now you're just getting thrown around by the Vikings, the Bengals, the Falcons. I mean, even the Falcons gave you one, you got thrown around on defense. What is going on? Seattle. <laughs> Seattle, too. That's the yep. worst of them all. I yep. mean, I don't know. You got no interceptions in the game. You have, like, one on the year. I mean, you didn't force – you forced one fumble. Also, congratulations <clears throat> to Demire Davis, who I guess this whole time – is like this Micah Parsons slash Khalil Mack type linebacker where not only can he cover, but he can rush the passer, which our defensive line has not done consistently this year. So, yeah, I don't know. What give that, my roses to Demario. Demario deserves <laughs> the flowers because, good lord, it, it felt like it was him. I, I mean, occasionally I saw Davenport get back there. Um, <sighs> not often, but yeah, yeah. he was there. Yeah, and, and, I, mean, and I mean, uh, and Malcolm Roach had a couple nice pressures and some run stops, yeah, but I saw him around. outside of that, this defensive line is completely, completely like not lived up to the hype. Uh, it's a non-factor. It <laughs> it's is. a non-factor. And this is a, this is I a, mean, if you're, uh, it's the Bengals' offensive line, which is supposed as to be the worst. As much as they improved, as much as they improved, they're still horrible. The offensive line is still horrible. Yep. I. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be able to get pressure there. And we haven't. We haven't all season. I mean, we got a couple sacks this game, which were solely by linebackers. You got two from DeMario and one from Ellis. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That That's the only real pressures you got all game. They're at least deep pressure. Yeah, I mean, you saw Onyemata get a couple, but man. PEDs are useful. <laughs> apparently. I, you have three dudes that I consider, like, at least above average on this defensive line, that being Cam Jordan, Onyemata, and Davenport, mm-hmm. and none of them have done what they should be doing. I mean, it, it's like they'll get two in one game, and then they're just gone. You don't see them for the next three weeks, and that cannot happen. you got to get pressure. That's only happened to Cam Jordan. Davenport hasn't really flashed a whole lot, and Onyemata spatially, yeah, yeah. but non-existent. I mean, like I said, like when I sit here and look at this defensive tackle group, 
the one guy I could say in two games I might add that I've seen some constant kind of you know presence is Malcolm Roach. Yeah, he's the one guy Street. I've seen con- uh, as far as the tackles are concerned. Yeah, you know, Street's also been good at eating. And Street, yes, I mean, none of the, none of, none of them are getting in the back. I mean, they're all just kind of holding the line and trying to get the edges the chance, and they don't have a chance because they're not right. going anywhere. I think Siri uh, sworn instead of Street, I said Siri, but hey. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> and I mean, here's my, here's my thing with the second half, right? So yeah. the Saints, 14 plays. They uh, get a field goal. Mm-hmm. Bengals, 7 plays, touchdown. The Saints, 14 plays, field goal. Bengals, 13 plays, field goal. The Saints then go 3 and out. The Bengals, 1 play, touchdown. Like, and my only my only critique of the offense in this game was, yeah. and we I think we both were on the same page here, outside of, you know, the 44-yard yeah. touchdown he had. Where he, uh, yeah. Rashid Shahid, where was it the rest of the game? Because that speed was there. I mean, we saw it um, early in the first quarter where he kind of went in and out on Eli Apple and had Eli Apple cooked. Uh, and Dalton just, and I mean, and, and that ha- that's expected with the receiver yeah. coming up on the yeah. squad, no real chemistry. I understand right. that, but outside of that and the the run, there was nothing of Rashid Shahid in this offense whatsoever. The one thing that I it's not credit to Dalton, but it's kind of taking pressure off of him. A lot of people blame Dalton for that. I think he improvised that route. I think he was supposed to cut out towards the sideline and came back in because he saw the opportunity. To he beat Eli Apple? didn't okay. expect it. I, I think that's what happened, watching it back. I, I think you can see Dalton looking outside to the right, and then he cuts back, and Dalton just didn't expect it. But regardless, he was open. <laughs> I mean, he, he was playing well up to that point, and then... I, I well, I mean, look, it was nine snaps offensively, I think, on the game that he had, which is like less than 20%. It's like 12%, I think. Yeah. <sighs> what are you doing? I mean, the one receiver that had a big play on the day, and you just go, nah, nah he's gone. Fuck him. <laughs> it just. I mean, <sighs> that's the only head scratcher I have. Like, I think Andy Dalton, you know, given the situation he was in, you know, playing, yeah. what, what people, I might remind you, is a top 12 defense in the NFL in the Bengals. It's a very oh, good defense. Secondary, their secondary already was top 5. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, their and secondary's been phenomenal. Yeah, they're very good defense, but, you know, considering no, your top 4 receivers are out, you're going to have yep. to run the ball, and teams know you're going to have to run the ball. Yeah, so they were locking. They, they were yeah, locking but I, I, thought, I thought Dalton um, did enough at the yeah. end. And, I mean... I mean, like, like so, when the when the Saints punted the ball, yeah, and Blake Gillikin shanked it, yeah, I think for the Bengals to score one play, sixty yards, touchdown, and then to turn around and ask Andy Dalton with Kevin White, with Keith Kirkwood, with Marquez Callaway to go march the field in a two-minute offense, um, and not really having confidence in your guys to get anything going on the outside. Yeah, I mean the the only safety blankets I had were a check down to Kamara or Johnson, you know. Right. And it was it might have been unfair to ask of the offense to try and do that because this offense, as we saw the entire game, did not take that many deep shots. There's a reason, obviously. Yeah, there was a play I mentioned it to you earlier, um, right before that, where. We could have had a touchdown. We were in the red zone. I can't remember if it was the second to last or last drive. 
and they were in the red zone. They were on probably the 18, and Dalton dumps it off to Camaro for like four yards, and it, it was a quick pass. It was like a half second maybe. It, it, there was no one coming at him. There was no one there. It, it was a clean pocket for the most part. Why do you not just sit in the pocket, wait a second, and take a shot down the field? It, it's like 20 yards. It's not even a shot down the field. It's an intermediate pass. In the worst case scenario, it was the drive that Lutz had a 31-yard field goal, whichever one that was. That was the last, the, the last field goal, yeah. The bare minimum is that you go down intentionally and you don't fumble it. That's all you got to do. You just fall on the ground. It's a 36-yard field goal now. But at bare minimum, you give yourself a chance to give your defense a break. I mean, I, I, all things considered, the defense sucked. Let's be real. But yeah. You gotta take the shot there. You gotta be able to generate at least a touchdown there because they didn't have one in the second half, did they? I don't believe they did. I'm did sorry. They? What did you say? Did I'm they sorry. have a touchdown in the second half? The, I don't think they the did. Saints or the Saints. Bengals? No, the all field goals. I didn't think so. Yeah. And that kills your momentum. So you just gotta take a touchdown there, or at least try for a touchdown. Right. It's a weird thing. I, and I understand Dalton's the guy that's not going to make those types of plays. He's going to check it down. He's not going to make the big mistake. But, fuck. <laughs> you got to win games at yeah. the end of the day. That, yeah. That's where I kind of miss Jameis. As much as I hate some of his decisions, I also love the fact that he takes shots like that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That, that was my kind of turning point for this team where they just started going down. They played safe and, you know, ultimately yeah. came back to bite them. But, again... Dennis Allen, defensive-minded head coach. You know, yeah. we, we yeah. like the duo of Chris Richard and Ryan Neeson being the co-coordinators. Yeah. We banked on the defense to come through and, and wrap it up. And yeah, they didn't. Bradley Roby <laughs> did not wrap up. Nope, not at all. No. So <laughs> he he kind of just slid along. This is where we're at now. Let me ask you this real quick then. So, you know, given the, what, three games we've had with Dalton, right? Minnesota, yep. Seattle, and... Uh, Cincinnati. Short week, Thursday night football. Uh, I know we talked a little bit before we started, you know, the idea of, you know, keeping Jameis as the backup to rest up. Um, Did this performance against the Bengals, did it make you sway one way or the other? Still, are you still pretty comfortable with riding with Andy Dalton? Assuming assuming we get the receivers back at some point. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I feel like it's a stalemate for a lot of people right now. Like, I feel like the whole fan base just doesn't know what's going on and I don't either as someone that watches this team pretty consistent well every game but man you're you're at polar opposites right now Dalton's the guy that will not take a shot and he's not going to make a decision that's not like a hundred percent gonna go correctly and And you know uh, I'm gonna add real quick that I didn't make a job my fault but one thing I will say about Andy Dalton maybe Mm -hmm. it's Dalton not having the confidence in these guys to make plays because we saw it last year. <laughs> we saw it last year with Jameis and with, you know, Trevor Simeon and Taysom. Like these guys could not make plays. So yeah, for sure. You know, uh, you it's know. not like a thing. I don't think it, it's just yeah. But it's the situation. Types. Yeah. Because Jameis is gonna shoot it. He doesn't care. He's gonna throw the ball downfield. He, he does. I mean, he reined it back a little bit last year, mainly because of coaching. But that coaching is gone. I I think they're on. I think they're on evil. Not even. <laughs> They're on even playing field right now. Uh, it just... I don't know. I mean, neither of them are your quarterback of the future, let's be real. Right. Unless Jameis comes back and throws 30 touchdowns or some ridiculous amount, neither of these guys are, like, your long-term option. 
Right. Right now, I say you start Dalton. You weave him in there. You give Jameis time to heal because Dalton hasn't been bad enough to where you're like, okay, we really need Jameis back, and if he injures himself, so be it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think you just save Jameis for the end of the year. If I mean, this team's not competing right now, so what's the point in trying to bring Jameis out there right now? Completely rerun the offense, the playbook around him? I, I just, I don't see it right now. I would wait until midseason, maybe? Like week 11, week 10, something like that? Yeah, I agree. And I think, uh, you know, to Andy Dalton's credit, Minnesota, the double doink game, that entirely wasn't on the quarterback. Seattle, no, no, no. they come out a win, and Dalton yep. looked efficient, not, you know, like, like we said, not, not, no reason to want Jameis back but at the same time he did enough to, to win the game right, right and Cincinnati I thought given the circumstances I thought he did do enough and yeah, I agree the two strongest units going into the season we thought were the defense and the special teams yeah and both of sure. them kind of let you down at the end um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I mean short week playing the Cardinals Thursday night I think Dalton should start and then yeah agreed you know with the longer week because you know, I think after Arizona, it's um, is it Baltimore? It might be. It's the Raiders. Oh, it's Raiders. That's right. That's right. Raiders that's right. on Sunday. Okay, so given the extra long week, maybe you. It looks like they could get Chris Olave back for this Thursday night game. So maybe you get Olave back. Maybe yeah. you can get Landry, and we'll, we'll talk about Thomas here in a second because that's. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. Once like, once again, we're just being completely told one thing and then another thing comes out entirely different. So maybe you'll get two of your top three receivers back for the Raiders, and then maybe then we can right. kind of evaluate with the receivers what Andy Dalton can do and maybe how this offense could open up. But like like you said, that's a great point. These, neither one of these guys are your franchise options long term. So No, I just – if. If you can, if you can rally and you know, take advantage of what is right now a pretty weak NFC mm-hmm. outside of the NFC East, because God knows that that division They're is apparently a super team. <laughs> yeah, all the super all of a sudden, <laughs> everyone except Washington is is good. Um, yep. And the South, I mean, shoot, the South is still open right now. I mean, Tampa really hasn't. Yeah, it is. Tampa. Tampa. Tom Brady. <laughs> I was going to say Tom Brady. Uh, took out his stress uh, on that poor offensive line yesterday, I'm sure, as you yeah, saw. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that hey, that's what that's what divorce does to you, man. He, he, said, he said, I didn't come back for this. This nonsense. I, that's tough. I mean, that's, you know, it's completely irrelevant to football, but my God. Yeah, that's he's a bad got scenario a to come back away from. That's just a lot going on for one guy. Yeah, I, I feel bad. I don't... I don't like pity him or anything, but I feel bad. It's I kind of to go through for anyone. When I was watching, I was like, "Damn, like, yikes." Yeah. But I mean, Tampa obviously isn't the team everybody thought they were going to be going into the season. Atlanta has kind of surprised folks. Yeah, they're three and three. I mean, and they I don't know kind where of where they came from most. dominated the Niners yesterday. That, that was weird. That, that's probably the weirdest game of. Well, I can't say that the Jets beat the Packers, but no, we expected that. Did we? I didn't. I'm, I'm just here for there and Roger slander every day. Ah, uh, understandable. There, so. uh, let's just put it this way. <laughs> there is one team outside the NFC East right now that's above 500. 
How does that feel? I mean, that's just weird to think about. There's a one team outside the NFC East currently in the NFC that's above 500, and that's the Vikings. The rest are 3-3 three and three or below. Yep. So, I mean, if I the mean, Saints can figure uh, it out, I think you got a shot. Maybe the division might be a stretch, but we'll just have to kind of see how Tampa, you know, how things go for Tampa, how we do, obviously. Yeah. But realistically, you could still you could still try and snag a wild card spot. Yeah, there was – I'm trying to find this tweet from Nick Underhill yesterday. He – Nine wins might be enough for that seventh seed. Yeah. It's I, – I can't remember what the tweet was, but it was something to the effect of if the Saints can stop shooting themselves in the foot, they can win this division pretty much. It is it's open. Yeah. It, it's it's open. open. I mean – and I'm not using that as like an excuse. Like this team sucked. This team has been bad through the first six weeks. Yeah, they deserve to be two and four. Correct. And they don't deserve to win the division at this standstill. If they look like this the rest of the year, they deserve to be probably last in the division, aside from Carolina. Congrats to Philly for that top five pick. Yeah. Um, c- congrats on taking that from us. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's the one year where if we had, like, that Breeze-type team, we'd probably be, like, second in the NFL right now, or second in the NFC. And or the, just, the, now efi- the efficient Breeze uh, dig and duck offense. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's crazy. Every, everybody wanted Breeze gone, right? Everybody yeah, was tired yeah. of the noodle arm and and, uh, and Breeze sticking around. And you know, maybe maybe we were spoiled a little bit too much with Breeze towards the end because now it's kind of more frustrating in a sense of you know, d- despite Breeze's physical limitations with the arm the last two or three years, yeah, he was still extremely cerebral in that offense and just knew what the defense were going to do and still was able to pick pick you apart and make plays and score. That's the crazy so, thing. And now here we are going down. I have a point that I just researched. Okay. This The Saints are currently the second oldest average age team in the NFL. Yeah, that's what happens when you buy and try and get a ring for your quarterback. They are 26 point. He is the average age on the NFL, on the Saints right now, which is tied for second with the Patriots and the Cardinals, which makes sense. And the Patri- or Buccaneers are number one because Brady skews the whole data about seven points, but... Were they the youngest or the oldest? Oldest. Buccaneers uh, okay. are the oldest. No, Saints, Saints are second oldest. Second oldest, yep. Okay. And, gotcha, gotcha. I mean, you sold out for the, this window. Your window is the next two years because yeah. Cam Jordan's going to retire. As much as I hate to say that, I love the guy. He's been performing at a high level for the last couple of years. He's going to retire in the next probably three to four years. I would say three. And he's our one, like, decent pass rusher. Yep. And then... And Davenport's off contract by next year. Demario's aging. He's, I believe, 32, 33. Tyran's 32. He's going to be done after this contract, more than likely. Lattimore is already 26, which is not old. Still in the prime, I would say. That's, man. I mean, in three years, he's going to almost be 30. I mean, your window is the next three years. And you're just not doing anything to improve this offense <laughs> and yep. not that there's much that they could do right now but like i don't know i feel like there's trades to be made there's signings to be made like if you go out and get obj right now you're putting yourself in a good position down the long run of the season even if he doesn't come back soon you've seen that all three of these guys are injury prone already thomas and landry at the bare minimum Olave's had a couple but i wouldn't call him injury prone yet yeah i mean You've sold out for this window. Well, let's put it that way. Because yep. you traded your pick this year. I don't even know if they have a pick 
I believe they have a first rounder next year. They trade him so often, I don't even know anymore. Yep. I mean, you sold out for a window, and then you can barely beat the two worst rosters in football, and then can't beat anyone else. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> it's frustrating because I mean, you know, when <clears throat> Breeze retired, I think the Saints still thought that this team had enough young talent at the time. I, I did. To keep, yeah, <laughs> I thought did. they had yeah, enough. We all did. <laughs> it was all just about the quarterback. If they get the quarterback right, then, you know, we'll see what happens. But then, right. you know, Mike Thomas gets hurt, and he's essentially gone all last year. And with Sean Payton, they had no other receivers really in place to help replace that production. Um, and, you know, Jameis tore the ACL, and, you know, there was no quarterback. And then Sean retired after what I would imagine was a very stressful year. Where I would imagine if your brain is fried and you want to break, I could see that after the year he had last year. Yeah. yeah. Where despite all that, they were one game out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's that was tough. So, I mean, and now here we are. You know, Dennis Allen took over, and, you know, I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of... I, I, wasn't, avid, I wasn't avidly, like, telling, saying the Saints should just hire Dennis Allen. Yeah. I, wa- I, was... I wanted to change. I want to be enemy personally. I wanted I was after I, that eight-hour interview or whatever it was. I was like, "All right, that's the guy." And then you just go, "Nah, we're gonna go with Dennis." I wanted Doug Peterson. That was the guy I wanted. Oh, I can see that. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I. I don't know. There wasn't a lot of options this offseason, so it was basically Dennis Allen, Doug Peterson, or be enemy. Yeah. And they went with, and I I understand you went with the continuity. You know, him being here allows you to kind of keep this coaching staff together. Right. But you just got to realize that Sean Payton has a whole different mentality when it comes to coaching. Like, you know, Coach he Payton, he he is, he, uh, he's, there's a reason why before he retired it was him, Tomlin, and Belichick were the longest tenure coaches. There's a reason those three were the longest tenure, yeah. right? Yep. Like, they know their shit. They know what they're doing. They will get on you when they need to. And, you know, you can say what you want about Payton and his offense. Last year at nine and eight, this team looked better. Yeah, than uh, I was gonna say this team like, right now. A lot of people talk shit about him this offseason on the Saints fan base. A lot of people. A lot of people went, "Oh, he just left us because he doesn't want to work with the team," and they were saying he wasn't that good of a coach. And now you got you know carried. No, by I mean, look, I, I would imagine that that's stressful. And, how much stress that put on him? Uh, the COVID I, year. I, I think that is gonna piss him off, and he's gonna want to go somewhere you know, like Carolina or something like that because it's like, or fuck, even Atlanta if they fire Smith at some point. Yeah, he's been good, but I don't think they're going to fire Smith, but anyway, um, you got to get something for Peyton. That's a completely different point, but my God, please get anything for Peyton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, player, pick, don't care. Something, please. I mean, yeah. give us something to believe in with this team because Man. the roster ain't it right now. The injuries aren't it. Coaching ain't it. I mean, what is going on? <laughs> right, so maybe maybe those last couple of Breeze and Peyton years, maybe we should have taken a lot of more appreciation for, because I guess so. Because I, I, again, you know, sheesh, sheesh. That's all I'm gonna say. But um, <laughs> it's this team should be a lot better than two and four. It really should be. Like like it you should. said to yep. start off on paper, this team should be like four and two. At, at the Anything. worst, three and three, yeah. but I mean, and like a good three and three, you know, like yeah, we can look back at yeah, but 
This is like a bad two and four team. My one point, and we're gonna kind of work this into our next thing with Thomas. Um, yeah. His so I believe he has an out this offseason in his contract. I believe it's this offseason. If it's not this one, it's the next one. He's gonna be thirty years old before next season. Yeah. He's gonna be making twenty eight million dollars next year. Do you just take the hit? Do you just go, all right, we're going to play in these last couple games, make him look good, suit him up for someone, and then trade him or whatever you're going to do? Because he's one of, I believe, four to five players next year on this roster making 20-plus million. That's that's a tough question because, uh, I mean, look, we know what happened, you know, last year with Mike Thomas, and that was frustrating, and you you felt for the guy, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, this and I year, like him. I'm not saying, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, I'm not on that crowd that's like, oh, he sucks. I have an autographed jersey hanging on my wall of him. It's not like I hate him. I just, it's a you got to make the decisions. It's, it's, it's a fair question because, <clears> I mean, it's all about what have you done for me lately, and, you know, the guy right. missed all of last year, and, um, you know, this year... You know, he was off to a great start. Yep. And you thought, like, you thought, like, damn, you know, this could be comeback player of the year right here for Mike Thomas. And then, unfortunately, it's the toe in the other foot. And, you know, Dennis <laughs> Allen's giving us Sean Payne type answers to the media. Like, yeah. uh, it's a toe. <laughs> we'll it's, it's a toe. <laughs> might go on IR, might not. We'll see. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a it's a fair question to ask because it's you know as far as what he's done for me lately, he's done nothing really. In the grand scheme of it all, but at the same right. time, you know, you it, the Saints worked so hard to repair this relationship with Michael Thomas. They you have, know? they have, they absolutely. worked so hard, and I feel like they're in good, good terms right now. Right. I just don't know if you're really gonna double down and, and do him like that. Oh no! Don't oh, say that. Oh. Well, just in time for their Saints game, uh, sources say the Arizona Cardinals has traded Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals. Well. <sighs> Why? So now, without Lattimore, more than likely, we're going to be facing Anderson. I mean, I know Brown's out, but D-Hop, Ertz. Oh, God. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> I will say Carolina worked fast. Was, uh, that was quick. That, <laughs> that was impressive. I'm uh, curious to see what they get for him because that's going to be like a seventh or something. That was quick. Uh, but off point, um, you have so right now you're sitting 66 under next year uh, above the cap. Sorry, if you cut or cut trade whatever the fuck you want to do with them, Thomas, you're going to gain. So is a 28 million dollar hit next year. 15 is guaranteed. So you're probably gaining at least 13 to 15 million if you can't find a way to restructure it and cut into that additional whatever. Mm-hmm. You're at least making 15 million by trading him. Do you just go, ah, fuck it, and cu- trade him? Because, I mean, that gets you down to 50 million over. That gives you a chance to sign someone at least. I mean, you got a couple restructures you got to do with Pride Camara, Lattimore, uh, DeMario, all them, but. That's a huge amount of money to lock up in a 30-year-old receiver that's done, I mean, bare minimum the last three years. Yep. Uh, and I, it's... If he's healthy, he makes this team 50 times better. 
because he's going to get open regardless, and he's your safety blanket guy. But, man. It's a big question of if. Of if. I think this is your offseason. I mean, they've, like, talked about it the last two couple of years. You got an out. It's the year he's getting paid the most, so you need to get rid of him the most, more than likely. If he doesn't perform down the stretch here, I just... It's tough to it's, make that. you got to at least debate it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you're going to get, I would presume, quite a bit back. Because receiver's in demand right now. I mean, we're, we literally just saw it. I, I'd be curious to see what they get for him. But they're in demand. Especially right. a guy... Like that, that's, you know, you know what he is at the end of the day. He's just been injury prone. If you can get him in a health staff, that's not going to destroy his career. I don't know. I mean, it's a weird scenario. The fact that we've been handling it this poorly is kind of concerning. Like, they were going to put him on IR. We were going to talk about that, too. You can go off with that, but... yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and I mean, again, this is a team that constantly is having ten plus people on in the injury report every week. I, uh, yeah, I just, I just, I just don't get this team when it comes to the medicals because we've had, <laughs> excuse me, we've had this issue in years past. Delvin Bro, you know, way back when. Uh, yep. Obviously, Mike Thomas with the ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just this team, man. Is it seems like every week there's at least four or five key starters some key yeah. backups and you know in total it's like 10 to 12 people every week on this injury report I don't know what they're I don't know if it's the receiver coach or who it is but my god the receivers have never been healthy on this team for like a decade <laughs> uh, like since we had Colston I don't think there was a receiver who played like three years consecutively and didn't injure something at some point yeah uh, <laughs> So, and it looks like now they're just saying it's uncertain what the plan for Robbie Anderson on Thursday night is going to be with, um, you know, with Hollywood Brown's injury and D-Hop coming off the suspension. They're, they really don't know if he's going to play or not because... Yeah, knowing our luck, he'll play. He'll probably yeah. put up, you know, 150 yards he'll, he'll, or so. He'll toast the Devo and, you know, hey. Oh, uh, good. They they also paid his contract, so it's literally free for the Cardinals. <laughs> must be nice to do that oh the pro rated portion so they'll probably pay him the guarantee whatever that is but yeah but I mean, i'm wait i'm waiting to see because i want to see what they gave up for him that kind of will be interesting yeah so i mean overall frustrating loss you know this kind of this season right now in general has been frustrating to say the least uh oh don't know can we not have bad news the whole time we're on this podcast is, is something else wrong uh, so you got John Hendricks saying that Andrews Pete got hurt in the third quarter on that holding call, stayed in on the next play, then that was roughing the pasture that did not come back during the game. Lewis Kidd played the remaining snaps at that guard position. So Andrews Pete's probably out this week. I, I would guess he's probably out. <laughs> so, hey, it'll make uh, this week's preview for the Cardinal episode a lot more fun. Yeah. And I mean, we'll probably not be the right word, but <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, you know, towards closer to Thursday, we'll have a better idea injury-wise where this team is at. Jeff Duncan already tweeted out: no Thomas, no Landry, no Lattimore Thursday. However, there's a chance to get a Lave back um, for Thursday night football. So we will just kind of have to wait and see where that goes. You need Lattimore at this point. <laughs> you you saw what happens without him, so. And again, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a PO to DeAndre Hopkins. 
Oh, yeah, he's going to be absolutely pissed. And I'm scared of Ertz. Ertz is the one that scares me in this game the most. Because our linebacker, Pete Werner can't cover, let's be real. He, he's struggled in coverage all year. He, he's a great, you know, run stopper and pass rusher, but my God, he cannot stop the pass. DeMario looked good this week in pass coverage, so that gives me a little hope, but I don't know. You, you got a lot of issues in the pass coverage area. Yep. So, regardless, we're going to wait and see how this goes. Uh, Jeremy, where can the, or, I'm sorry, any, any last words here before we uh, log off here and call it a day? Um, any Saints players that are listening to this on some off chance, please, for the love of God, do not get injured during practice. <laughs> don't practice. <laughs> D- don't practice. <laughs> I mean, give us a chance this week, please. Uh, um, I'm looking at you, Olave. Uh, I, I need I need something going on the week to give me optimism. Uh, Blake Gillikin, please don't shank any more punts. But yeah, I mean. I don't know. We'll see. It's I'm not at a point where we're like, you know, it's over. The season's done. Screw it. Blow it up. No, I'm not, you know, that deep into it yet, but it doesn't look good yet. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Thankfully, neither does the rest of the NFC. So, hey. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks that, yeah. to uh, all you GMs <laughs> out in the NFC giving us a chance. <laughs> that is true. Uh, Jerry, where can the good folks of the Saints world find you on Twitter at? Uh, I have the at of at clutch, C-L-U-T-C-H, and then W-D-N for Houdat Nation, and they're all capitalized. Love to see it, folks. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex, A-L-E-C, Salas, S-A-L-A-S, 09. Uh, love the interactions. Potentially, like to do some mailbag type questions for the podcast, uh, get the folks involved. For sure. Uh, for sure. So... We're starting this journey and excited to have everybody along, along for the ride. So we'll be back later this week dropping a preview episode for the Saints Cardinals game and hopefully have a better idea where this team is at health wise. Um, until then, you're going home with uh, Alec and Jeremy, so we'll see you guys next time. See you guys. <laughs>